A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. That's from our first reading from Isaiah. It's then quoted in the gospel. And the gospel sees this passage as referring to John the Baptist. Every year for Advent, no matter which gospel we're reading from, we always hear from John the Baptist. He's out in the desert calling out, prepare the way of the Lord. You know, he's dressed in the camel's hair with the, uh, you know, the leather belt around his waist, feeding on locusts and wild honey. He cuts quite a figure, but he points us, points us to Jesus. This week, I've been thinking about another holy man in the desert. His name was Charles de Foucauld. He died December 1st in 1916 after living for 15 years in the Sahara and was beatified in 2005 by Pope Benedict. So both John the Baptist and Charles de Foucauld were holy men living in the desert. Uh, one difference is with John the Baptist, he was a prophet right from the beginning. You may remember from the Gospel of Luke that even when he's in his mother Elizabeth's womb, when she is greeted by Mary, uh, John the Baptist starts jumping up and down in his mother's womb, just leaping for joy. And he's already pointing to Jesus, who's at this point in, in Mary's womb. So John the Baptist was somebody always who was a prophet. Uh, Charles did not start out as a holy man. In the words of his biographer, Robert Ellsberg, he was raised by his grandfather, a retired army colonel, who steered him toward a military career. Army life did not suit him. He graduated from the academy at the bottom of his class and earned a reputation as a decadent playboy. Posted to Algeria, he was dismissed from the army for a scandal involving his mistress. The saving benefit of his military service was a fascination with the North African desert. So he returned at, when he got kicked out of the army, he ended up working for the French Geographical Society in Morocco. It was there that the experience of Muslim piety helped promote in Charles a dramatic recovery of his Catholic faith, changing his life forever. As soon as I believed that there was a God, he later wrote, I understood that I could, do not, I could not do anything other than live for him. One of the things that he's known for is he was fascinated by what's called the hidden life of Jesus. You know, if you read the Gospels, we, all, we hear about Jesus' birth, and then from Luke we hear about finding him in the temple when he's you know, 12 years old or whatever, and we really don't hear anything about him, do we? until he's baptized by John in the desert, and, and scholars guess that he was probably 30 years old. Well, what about that time between the time he was 12 and the time he was 30? Uh, that's often called the hidden life of Jesus. That time, we can guess he was in Nazareth, working as a carpenter. That's what fascinated Charles, the sense of trying to live a hidden life, a, a holy life imitating Jesus during his time in Nazareth, just trying to do the best he could with his neighbors and in his work. 
And he had this vision that other people would be like to do this too. And so he tried to tell other people about it, invite them to come to the desert and, you know, live out there. Nobody bought it, all right? Not during his lifetime. Uh, but he, he, did, he, he established some, some thoughts about it, and, and he created a, a beautiful prayer. It's called the Prayer of Abandonment, and I'd like to share that with you now. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence for you are my Father. Uh, he was killed December 1st, 1916 by some rebels, kind of forgotten. And then people started finding his writings. And the little brothers of the poor were organized. And then the little sisters of the poor. And there's groups of them all over the world. I became familiar with his life because of one of the priests at the seminary that I was at uh, was fascinated by him. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Both John the Baptist and Charles de Foucault provide us a witness. And we hope that we can prepare for Jesus coming through their life. Our second reading from St. Peter also addresses Jesus' coming. It addresses Jesus' coming at the end of the world, what we sometimes call the second coming. And some of the early Christians thought that the second coming was going to happen immediately. And they had begun to begin to get discouraged because Jesus had not yet appeared. That's why we read in, in what we are second reading, Do not ignore this one fact, beloved that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Sometimes there's things right in front of us that we don't always pay much attention to. I think about sometimes with the Mass. It's, it's sometimes we can just kind of uh, just listen to it. And, but right after the Lord's Prayer, there's a beautiful prayer that the priest says, and I think it's especially important for Advent, for this time when we ponder the coming of the Lord. And so I'm going to share it with you now. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant us peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress. That's a good prayer right now in 2020, isn't it? Safe from all distress. As we await the blessed hope 
and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I have to admit, I still like the old translation, as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior. But I'm okay with this new one because it connects better with Titus chapter 2, verse 13. God's grace trains us to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await our blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mentioned the prayer that I say right after the Lord's Prayer. Do you remember the prayer that you say right after that? Let's say that now because that too is a beautiful prayer for Advent or any other time. We say together, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever.